Hey, this is Fireman Rob. You know, optimal performance isn't something that happens just by accident. I know this for a fact from being a fireman and doing way too many Ironman triathlons and full firefighter gear. But everybody always asks me, what's your secret? I can give you one secret. That's the right stuff, hydration. Hydration is important when it comes to being present in the moment, ready to run into the fires and being capable of showing up every single time at your best. The Right Stuff was created for NASA by NASA for their astronauts. Now it's trusted by professional athletes in Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and most of the top tier college sports. It's not an accident to prepare yourself to be great. If you're looking for that next edge, go to therightstuff-usa.com and enter the code FIREMANROB and you'll get 10% off at your checkout. This is an opportunity I wouldn't pass up. I have and still do use The Right Stuff. It's serious hydration for serious athletes, from the weekend warriors to those on the front lines. Make this a part of your habits to be the best you daily. Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn. Our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now. We got the same blood, the same blood, stay by your side, it's right or die, we've got the same blood. All right, welcome back to Forged in the Fires podcast. I'm your host, Fireman Rob. Today's guest is going to be one of those that you want to listen to if you're in the fire service and the medical service. Well, you know what? If you're just worried and, and dealing with burnout, this gentleman is going to be one of those words of wisdom that you're going to want to listen to. He is a dad of three and a practicing urologist. And now, you know what? He's a best-selling author. You're going to have to go to his site, Jeff Moody, and get his book. Jeff Moody, Dr. Jeff Moody, I should say. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much, Rob. Or do you prefer Fireman Rob? I want to make sure. That, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's as powerful as a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank I love it. you. Thanks for the introduction. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm thrilled to be here. You know, and also, I think you're the first firefighter that I've talked about burnout, which I feel like is a little bit of an oxymoron or a little bit of a conundrum because we're talking about, you know, like physical and mental stuff. You deal with like the real, you know, fire and the real burn like all day, every day, which is amazing. And I, but I can see how people would get burned out from that. I mean, it's, it's emotionally, physically, mentally uh, super taxing. I, I totally understand where that could really cause some burnout for, for firefighters. Oh, definitely. And it's, you know, you, you talk great about it in your book about the, the different types, the frustration, the resentment, and you feel like you have no control over your workload <laughs> being a doctor. What does that feel like? Because you at the same time have that you're in control of other lives. And when you feel like you're kind of spinning out of control, what is, how do you get yourself back into the control? Well, and I, 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 that's, a, that's a great question. I feel, I feel like um, a lot of um, the <laughs> injury, so to speak, or a lot of the burnout that physicians sometimes have, you know, some of it is self-inflicted because 
we are asked to do more and we do more and we keep saying yes, we keep saying yes, we keep saying yes. You know, I, I like to tell my, you know, clients that are, you know, people I'm like, no, is a complete sentence. You know, it is okay <laughs> to, to, you know, decline to do something or to defer that work to somebody else. I mean, I have um, 11 partners. Um, we have other, you know, experts in town, in my state. You don't have to feel responsible for everything. But if you feel responsible for helping that person, you can at least direct them in the right direction to the right people, the next best place to go. Um, I can't do it right now, but my partner can do it for you in 20 minutes. So, you right. know, let's, let's get, I, I think one of the issues with, and I'm sure this is probably true, or well, I, I don't, I'll ask you that question when I'm done, but in medicine, I think there's a lot of kind of lone ranger-ish mentality. Like <laughs> you work, work really hard in undergrad to get into medical school. You work really hard in medical school. It's somewhat competitive. You know, it's collaborative, but it's competitive as well. And then you work really hard in residency and you want to be the best and do the best to get the best job. And, 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 it, and it all kind of falls on you. And there's, so then once you get out into the real world, there's kind of no end to the amount of work that you can do and the things you can say yes to. And so that, that's where you have to really have a focus on kind of what's important and how to meter your time and your emotional, mental, mental physical responses uh, to things. But, you know, in the, in, the, in the fire service and firefighting, I would think that, you know, you are probably taught much more team mentality because, you know, you're going into a burning building or you're in a dangerous situation. you got 10 guys going in. You want to make sure 10 guys are coming back. Right. It's it's similar, though, because a lot of times, you know, especially like in the medical field or in the fire service, you have that ability like it is it is on you. It is the skills that you have. You feel like you have to do everything to be the greatest member of that team. Uh I think you hit it on the head is that, you know, honestly, the mindset of these professions in the medical field and the civil service field is that we go beyond those those limits of of just basics and. And that uh-huh. inevitably becomes detrimental to us. Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, and obviously we're both in, in fields where there's life and death on the line. There's, a, there's some emergency situations. You're going into, into a field to help people. You know, clearly, right. you know, there, there are many ways to have a life and make a living. And, you know, running into burning buildings, I think, would be not in the top. <laughs> it's on the and, lower level yeah, for you. And, yeah, well, not, I mean, maybe for me, maybe for plus minus, but I think you, you guys are unbelievable. But uh, for most people in the world, they're like, yeah, that's like, you know, 432nd on the list of things that I want to do for a living. Just below snaking so, out a toilet. Um, <laughs> yeah, or being a snake charmer, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. You know, the interesting thing, and I, I love what you're talking about, the mental aspect, because I think that's one of the biggest things that I see from my profession, as well as I'm a lot of medical professionals that I know, that burnout, do you see it come as more of a mental burnout before physical burnout, or is it the opposite way around? I think, okay, a couple of things. I think everybody comes to it from a little bit of a different angle, I think, and a different manifestation of it. Some people get sad and get blue. Some people get angry. I was kind of more the angry, frustrated kind of burnout person. Some people just get quiet and they withdraw. Some people, you know, end up committing suicide. I think it's it's different how people present as far as their symptoms, but I do think it, there's a pattern of putting everything else in front of you before you. And it's it, there's it, there's a bit of a mindset that leads people to think that way. But I think then you don't 
do, you know, you're taking care of yourself. You don't budget time for exercise. You don't budget time for good nutrition or sleep. There's always, you know, you know how it is. There's always more you could be doing. And it's one of those things where if you don't have a mindset where, I mean, I need to take care of myself because if I don't, then there won't be any of me left. I think that's the mental aspect of this is maybe people need to have a little bit of a new paradigm or a new, a new construct of how they think about their life and what's important and what they want to achieve and how they want to achieve it. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw this movie uh, Elf with Will Ferrell, but you know, like Elf, yeah, Will Ferrell is this, um, <laughs> yep. this a, a giant, giant guy who's supposedly an elf, and and he goes back to New York and finds his father, who's James Con, and James Con has a son of his own, and Will Ferrell and James Con's son are talking, and they're like, yeah, um, you know, you know, my dad has to go to work, and they look at each other, and they're like, you don't like the way he does work, you know. So, you know so there are, there are different ways you can you can do work, and I think that's that's one thing that people either maybe by example or by the environment they're in, like say like everyone does it this way, so then I'll do it this way too, even though it sucks and it's horrible. Right. So it, I think it's a it's a little bit of a, a mindset and, and or the environment that you're in. You know, in medicine, we have at least seven, and mine was because I'm a little remedial. You know, eleven years of kind of like inoculation or inculcation of the medical, the medical industrial yeah. complex, or just, just like how this is how we do it in medicine, you know, for at least seven years between medical school and some of the residencies, my residency was six years, well, seven years after wow. medical school. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I kind of say I'm like, I took the remedial path, you know, I needed you know, a little extra training. But, uh, <laughs> you did the Tommy boy <laughs> path. A lot of people go to school <laughs> for 10 <Yeah>. years. <laughs> exactly. But you know, you, you get conditioned and kind of this, you get this mindset basically kind of, you know, or environment that you're in kind of seeps into you and you're like, well, this is the only way you can, I, the only way I can do this is I have to work harder and then put myself second or third or fifth and my family second, third, fifth and my health, you know, ninth, you know, and then next thing you know, you're, you're burned out. That's, that's crazy to go through that much schooling and that much preparation for that life experience, for that life that you're leading as a doctor, only to have that burnout get you before you maybe feel like you're done. Is that, is that something that's really tangible in that career field that maybe some people go too long because they don't understand the burnout level because they want to make sure they went to school for half their life <laughs> to become this doctor? I'm not going to let this get to me. Well, well, and I think also, I mean, the studies show that like a very low percentage of med students prior to entering medical school are burned out. By the time they finish, it's about 40%. This is just medical students. Just wow. Medical school. Yeah, and, oh, wow. and then yeah, then you do residency, which is your, like your training program. Then you get into practice. So I mean, you know, unfortunately, burnout has already kind of like gotten a good hold, gotten its hooks into people. I think early on, I think the there is definitely an element of well, I've invested X amount of time. I've invested seven years, ten years, fifteen years in becoming this. To a certain extent, I think a lot of people in medicine they're like, if they would still love it, great. Let's make let's make this better for you. But I think there's a big element of like sunk costs. You're like, well, I just spent more than half my life doing this, and, and now I hate all parts of it. Well, wow. So now we got to figure out something else that you right. really like better, you know. Um, but then it's like, well, I, but I have all these loans, and you know, from medical school, et cetera. So, so it, it tends to become. And this is kind of the way I conceptualize this, and I talk about it in the book. I'm like, you know, your life has become like a box that either you built or was constructed around you. Okay. And it has different components. Right. We talked about that in the book, but, but it's like, it's like, you know, is this a 
box of your own construction, or is this one that was basically now it has you trapped, and now we have to figure out a way to either reconstruct it into a box that or a life that supports you, or we have to blow it up and start from scratch. And and that may it may be painful, it may be embarrassing. You're like, well, you went to medical school, it's just now you're not going to be a doctor. Well, you know, what what's wrong with you? You know, and I, I think there's a lot of societal pressure and personal you know, intra personal pressure to just continue. You're like, well, I, I did all this training, so now I have to do it. Everyone in my family is a doctor. Now I have to do this. You know, if I quit, I'll be a failure. I'll be a failure at everything for the rest of my life. And, right. You know, people get trapped in, you know, again, that's a mental construct that people have get themselves trapped into. And so, you know, I really, really, really try to encourage our clients. I'm like, if medicine is the thing for you, great. Let's make it better. Let's get you better and make it better. If, if at the end of the assessment and everything we do, medicine's not for you, I'm like, there are a million options for right. physicians to do non-clinical things in, in medicine. So you can work for a consulting firm, you can work for a pharmaceutical company, you can do, you can be an expert witness, you can work for, uh, you know, speaking companies, you can write books, <laughs> you can be a medical, medical author, um, yeah, there, there are, um, you can go do charity work and, and volunteer in other countries. I mean, there, you can work multiple different ways, you know, but I think people get a little, they, they get, they get trapped. And then I think when you get trapped, you get hopeless and then you get depressed. And then that's where this downward spiral comes for people where they now they're like, well, I don't have any other options. So. Right. And I like the way that you really, you broke it down. I was reading uh, one of your articles, actually burnout. It's personal in the Colorado medical society journal. Oh yeah, and nice, yeah. yeah. I like how you really break it down because Honestly, if you if you're anybody's looking to get a book, they need to get this book. You need to go to jeffmoody.com. You're going to find out more. But when you're talking about burnout, uh, assessing the burnout, because I think a lot of people in the medical field, as well as in my field, can't identify it, even if it was like in their hand. I, it's so hard to identify it because personally, they feel eh, there's a little superhero complex. Oh yeah, and, and same thing with, but, you know, you know, the difference between God and the doctor. Well, okay, tell me this one. God doesn't think he's a doctor. So. <laughs> I hope that's on the so, cover of your book. And I think it's, I think it was great because you have Clark Kent who's in the phone booth, just like you're saying, you have to have that one wall of the box that you identify as the major driver of the, of the burnout. Super Superman can't come out if he can't find the door. <laughs> well, and, and, and it can't come out if there's kryptonite, you know, everywhere. There, right? Ah, so, there you go. You know, I think one of the issues of burnout is it's a very slow, insidious process where you kind of, every day you're like, yes. oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's not that bad. Oh, I'll do this one more thing. Oh, you know, I will not complain that even though I'm working twice as hard and doing twice as much that I get paid less than, you know, somebody else. But all those little acquiescences or where people will just say, oh, it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden, like, you're having a bad day, like, every day for a year. <laughs> and I'm like, right. okay, right. that's not just a bad day. That's a bad environment. we got to make some changes. And what you say in, these, in your book as well as in this article is that it's not just enough to identify it. The hardest part for most people is action. How do, how do they get beyond that difficulty to act on that thing that they've identified? And that's the, the biggest thing always for people. I'm like, you know, 
the first step in the 12 step program is you have to realize you have a problem, you know, and right. <laughs> like you got to realize you have something going on. Like once you do to me, that's about 75% of it. Then you're like, okay. So then I think there's kind of, it's a fork in the road for a lot of people. They can either kind of become a victim or you can come become a victor. Okay. If you, if you become a victim, you'll just boo-hoo, poor me, nothing I can do, and just kind of bottle it up, and then it turns into a pressure cooker. And if you kind of have the, the victor, or I kind of really think this is like a problem-solving mentality, and, and brain scans and brain chemistry studies show that when you start problem-solving, your brain chemistry actually changes, and your, your, the parts of your brain that are activated are the parts of your brain that are, are in, involved in, in like you know, positive emotion and you know upward feelings and energy and all those things and so it's when you start to when you when you kick your brain in and what do doctors do we solve people's problems all day so but when you actually apply it to yourself that's when you start to see some real improvement because you're like hey i i I decided thought this was a solution i implemented it and hey it worked out great and so then (laughs) then you start to get that positive upward spiral instead of kind of the downward spiral uh, and and right. so that's why I think I, I know I'm a simple man, you know, I'm, I can't be that smart. I'm only a urologist, you know, there's you know, <laughs> much smarter people in the world. But the thing that I always think of is like, let's break this down as simple as possible. So I'm like, find the thing that makes your blood boil the most. Think of a solution, whatever it is, and then put a deadline on it. Because the, the behavioral studies show that you about triple your results, triple the chance of that actually being done if you put a deadline on it. And then break it. You know, and if that didn't work, okay, you know, things are not perfect. You know, like, well, let's, what did we learn? Okay, that didn't work. Look, what's another way to attack this problem? And keep working. Like, I, um, I had a, a live stream guest on last week, a super smart guy named Ari Mizell. He His whole thing is about less doing, um, less doing.com. He's an amazing guy. But, like, mm-hmm. his whole thing is, like, let's focus on things that are, that are, will move the needle or, you outsource or get rid of those tasks. So one of the things he talked about, it was a, an app um, where I can do voice recording memo type things to communicate with my, my medical assistant. I started doing that this week. I'm like, why haven't I been doing this like 10 years ago? It's awesome because right. then I don't like to find her or write something down. And just, I just, I leave her a voice memo. It goes straight to her phone. She picks it up when she's ready. She does whatever needs to be done. I mean, it's, that probably saved me you know, 10 or 20 minutes a day. Boom. Huh. You know, so, but like, let's say it didn't work. I say, oh, she, she doesn't check her phone enough, whatever. I'm like, okay, well, we'll try something else. Like, you have to have, I think, some motivation to keep iterating and keep finding solutions. And that's why I like, you know, try something, but if it doesn't work, then try the next thing that works. And then once it works, then you get into that positive upward spiral. At least that's how things work for me. That's how things work for a lot of our clients. It's also, it's interesting. Very no, I, I I like that answer because it's 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 interesting because you you hit on a, a really tough topic in today's society because everybody has that instant gratification need that if I eat this this product I'm going to lose twenty pounds tomorrow or if I read this I'm going to get my degree in a day you know that philosophy is so hard to be able to instill in, you know, in kids nowadays or even in the workforce to be able to say, Hey, if that didn't work, what can you do? That's something else that, that might work. Do you see oh, a lot I, of people I, coming to you and saying that they, that, well, if it doesn't work, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep going. I, you know, and that really, I think the people who end up raising their hand who want help, they're serious. 
It's the people right. who I never see or never talk to or don't sign up for the email list or don't get on the, on the, on the, on these podcasts with you, you know, listening or, you know, I think the people who kind of want to ignore the problem, well, we can't help them right now. They'll have to come to that, that conclusion. Well, unfortunately, if there's an event, like maybe there's a negative event, they're practicing, they get kind of mandated to go through some, some sort of counseling that we might be able to interact. But I, I do think it's, it's an important aspect of, of this is that you have to think about what are, what's a possibility for getting it better and then give it a shot. You know, I always used to tell my, my junior residents when they screwed up and, you know, junior residents screw up a lot because oh, they that's have how to. you learn. That's how they learn. <laughs> I'm sure junior firefighters screw up a lot. And, yep. and you're like, you know, when I, you know, when I was home, I'm like, look, I'm like, everybody makes mistakes. I'm like, learn from it. And then let's try to not repeat it. You know, right. I've written other, you know, other articles about failure. And when I go and talk to a group of college students and we do like a suturing class and we teach them how to suture and, and tie surgical knots and stuff like that. And three fourths of the talk that I give is about failure. So I'm like, <laughs> what do I do all day? I fail all day. Cause like right. I see a patient and we tried something, we tried medicine, we, we, we did something and it didn't work. I'm like, okay, what did we learn from that? What are we going to do next? I mean, it's, all day, every day, it's it's a cycle of learn, failing and learning and succeeding, and that's that's just you know that's life. And and the other thing about that, even just burnout recovery, you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days, you're going to have a day where like something really pushes your buttons. You're like, okay, what did you learn? What are you going to do differently? So you know, I think it's kind of just like growth and evolution as a human being, you know. But this is something that will actually help you too. I love it because it doesn't just apply to doctors or firefighters or police officers. It actually applies to everybody. I mean, parents who are having to teach their kids at home who didn't go through uh, get their bachelor's degree in teaching. Uh, burnout is burnout is something that's real. You need to go to jeffmoody.com, find the book, The Doctor is Burned Out, A Physician's Guide to Recovery. That's going to be a great cool. book. I, I'm excited to I'm excited to dive deeper into it. But yeah. I want to pre—I appreciate you coming on the show today, and I oh, always yeah, end the—I sh- always end the show the same way. I have three questions for you, and then a rapid round. So I hope you're ready. ready. Okay, I'm on the edge of my seat. This is going to be interesting. All right, here's the first okay. one: What yeah. is one thing that you haven't done but is outside of your comfort zone? Skydiving out of a plane. I've All right, done, we're like, doing the it. Thing, the <laughs> thing in the wind—the thing in the wind tunnel. My son, and so unfortunately, goes through some health things, and he really, really wants to do that. So I, I think when he's done, I'm going to do it, even though I really scares the crap out of him. So you, you know what you have to do is you have to take one of your books up there and get a great <laughs> picture of it as you're jumping out the door, going, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're burned out, you got to jump into something new. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I like it. All right, here's the second one. What's your favorite quote and why? Ooh, I, I, when I was writing the book, I used a lot of they're called epigraphs, but a lot of quotes at the beginning of the chapter. So I used a lot of those, those quotes, but the one, the one that I, I think of the most, Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Oh. And, and I think about that a lot, you know, in relation to burnout, relationship to burnout, because I think people just, they acquiesce and they acquiesce and they just keep getting more and more things dumped on them. And I'm like, you know what, it, you have a say in your own life. You know, and you have, you can refuse to do things that will make you more burned out or construct better ways to do them, you know, with those people who want you to do. I, I, 
and, and I, you know, and that's the same thing. It's like uh, we talk in one of the chapters of the book. We talk a lot about agreements and kind of how your agreements that you've made, either overtly or tacitly, are mm -hmm. things that have have driven, you know, your the way your life has turned out. I'm like, let's make sure your agreements are overt and you agree to them still, and they bring <laughs> you. I kind of, and again, I'm a simple guy. Does it bring you joy? Does it bring you pain? So let's have a lot more agreements that bring you joy. That is perfect. Geez, that's that's one of the better uh, answers I've had to that question. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's the last one. Yeah. This is going to be interesting. Okay. I've had okay. all over the board on this one. If you could okay. pick three three people to have coffee with at a firehouse table, they can be deceased, alive, imaginary. Who would it be and why? Okay, for sure, Einstein, just because I quote him a lot. Uh, and and he, I think he had a lot of interesting uh, uh, things about like how to, how to talk about paradigm shifts and mental like his famous quote that i used to think about him a lot is the level of thinking that created a problem cannot be the same okay. level of thinking that you need to solve the problem so i use that one too yeah <laughs> i love it um, so so einstein my brother just because he passed away about 30 years ago and, I love and maybe somebody like da vinci wow because i would be fascinated to learn like how his mind worked and he was just clearly somebody who was you know centuries ahead of his time Oh, and one more person. Can I add one more person? Oh, you could um, totally. This is your table. Okay. Okay. So one more. The last person would be Imhotep, who was an Egyptian ruler in, I think, about two or 3,000 BC. And I'm fairly convinced that Imhotep was an alien because, you know, they talk about all these, like, these magical powers that, that Imhotep had because, like, you know, he would, like, heal people, you know, and had, you know, and lived for centuries. And I just, so those, probably those four people. That, that, oh my gosh. All right. Can I, can I add myself to that one? <laughs> sure. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll get you guys the coffee. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Here we go. We've made it to the rapid round. All I'm okay, going to do is good. give you two things and all you got to say is one of them. All right, here we go. Ready? Okay. Paper or plastic? Oh, uh, definitely paper now only from an infection control risk that's all right sorry definitely plastic now just because of the infection control risk so. all right there you go super salad oh definitely salad how about mcdonald's or taco bell Ooh, um i'd rather be hungry <laughs> yeah that we, makes sense that makes sense like we like we haven't eaten at a mcdonald's or taco bell in probably 15 years we're, we're pretty pretty clean with the food at the moody household I can't, I can't imagine why. Um, <laughs> camping or a hotel? Ooh, for me, it all depends yeah. on the location. There are certain places where we love to camp and, and we're, I'm not big on comfort, but that same thing, like hotels, some hotels are at an amazing location. I would probably have to say camping. All right. Fly or drive? What do you think? If efficiency is the order of the day, fly. You can't tell you're if, a doctor. If, <laughs> if, if relationship building and spending quality time is the order of the day then drive of course and i love to actually i think truck driver would have been my other occupation if i didn't um, are you serious i love, I love driving a truck driving urologist now that could be a <laughs> i don't know how that go over but you could try it <laughs> i could put my I could put my operating room in the back you know just go from town to town doing surgery Oh, it'd be, it'd be fantastic. We could make a whole show of that. Um, <laughs> all right. What about wake up early or sleep in late? Oh yeah. I'm up. Um, like for me, six is late. Six a.m. I'm Holy up, like, cow. Yes, yeah. Yesterday I was up at like four o'clock. 
um, this morning. I was up at you know, five thirty. I I like I wrote the major, vast majority of my book between like four thirty and six thirty in the morning. Wow! I just you know, I, you know, I mean, surgery kind of like eats that into you because like typically yeah. surgery starts at, at six, at seven, seven thirty in the morning. You're and you're up early around, but you can see patients beforehand. So you know, when I was a resident, we would I routinely get up at like three thirty or four to then get in the hospital, see all the patients, and be ready to talk to the senior people, patients, and then go to the operating room. Oh. Early, um, early, early morning. Ah, uh, not me. Yes. Not me. I like to sleep in late if I can. <laughs> all right. Cool here's here, here's the here's the one. Partly sunny or partly cloudy in the Moody household. Oh yeah, this year has been unbelievable. Um, two of my kids have COVID. My son is going through chemo for lymphoma right now. Oh my! He's doing very. He's doing very well. He's almost done. My daughter is getting over a broken foot. But other than that, you know, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? You know, 2020 has kind of been wow. a year for us to uh, learn a lot from and maybe not repeat. But uh, but I would say in spite of all that, you know, I, I'd say it's partly something because, you know, one of the things that I regret in my life is that I spent not enough time or I spent too much time on work and not enough time with family earlier. And now all of my friends right. are home and they just graduated from college. And so this is, you know, I hate that they're home because of these other things, but I love that we get to spend time with them. That's, that, that's a fully sunny day right there. <laughs> All right. What about fire or water? You got to be careful with this one. Oh, water. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Here, well, here, given, this given, is... given the host, you know, I, I was going with that. Yeah. But also, you know, we live in Colorado. It's a drought here. Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, yeah. We, we love, we love the ocean. All right, this is going to really, this is a whole psychological exam. So this is going to really tell me a lot about you. What if, what is, use a porta potty or continue to run or drive to the next physical bathroom? Oh, absolutely. Porta potty. Yeah. No, I got no worries. See, that tells me a lot about you. I like you more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like, you know, hey, I, I got an immune system. I mean, you know, I got to go. I got to go. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not picky. <laughs> I love it. All right. Last question go big or go home. Dr. Jeff Moody, thank you so much for coming on. You need to go to jeffmoody.com and, and get your book today. Find out how you can get him as a speaker because everybody right now is dealing with some sort of burnout, whether you're in our medical field or in a home trying to teach your kids. Uh, definitely. Thank you so much for uh, joining hey, me today. My, my pleasure. It is an absolute pleasure. And thanks for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.